We've been talking about being unqualified, right? And we've been talking about that we are qualified, and we've been talking about why we're not unqualified. Y'all quit laughing. I'm going to laugh. Quit laughing. This is what I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss the, like, humor preaching part of this. I'm just like, oh, just keep laughing. No, 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 no. we got to get to the sermon. No, just keep laughing. Um, okay, so we've been talking about this reality that we struggle with, that we feel unqualified, and that uh, a number of things make us feel unqualified that the enemy uses. He wants to take us out, wants us to believe that, uh, you know, if you have sin in your life, which we all do, but that really disqualifies you, or sin in your past, that really disqualifies you. There's no way that God would, would use me. I have guilt, I have shame that I'm carrying around, and that shuts us down, you know. Or um, you compare yourself to others, and you're like, well, I'm not that spiritual, so I'm probably just going to sit back. I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to do anything because they feel unqualified. Or fear, you fear of failure, fear of what people will think, fear of if nothing happens when you pray for somebody. That makes us so we pull back. Or just the enemy puts busyness in our life, and we get busy, 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 and we don't have time. We choose not to engage in the things of the Spirit, but in the things of the world. And he wants you to feel like you're alone. He wants you to feel like you're hopeless. He wants you to feel like you're less than. All of these things the enemy uses, and they all have one thing in common. They have you in common. The enemy wants you to believe that it's all about you, okay? You feel this way. Oh, you're not this. You're not that. You're not... Well, when we believe that, we stop believing that it's about Jesus because it is about Jesus. It's about his power in us. The way the enemy takes, a self, takes you out is that he gets you to focus on yourself. He gets you to focus on, I want to be happy. I want to have a good time now. I want this. I want that. And because these desires are miscued, he's, he, the, he uses them to take us out or uses guilt. He uses shame. He uses all these things because we believe that who we are, what we've done qualifies us. And that's just not true. That's a bunch of bunk right there. Gosh, there's so many things I could have said right there that would have, you guys would ask me to leave earlier. But anyway, we take ourselves out. But the Bible says that he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. And so you have a choice to make, okay? And so God in his sovereignty has things for you to do, but we participate with God. We have a choice to make. Do we believe that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world? Do we believe that Jesus has authority over everything, including the enemy? Do we believe that? Or do we believe it's about us? The enemy is lying to us all the time. The truth is that it is all about Jesus. His power that has saved you. His power is what qualifies you to save others, to build his kingdom. But it's only when we choose to live out of that power that we will live out of that power, that we will move in that power, that we will believe that it is what Jesus has done, not what we have done, that qualifies us. That's what qualifies us. That's the answer to the question. Okay, First Peter talks about this. Titus talks about this. We're going to talk about a word today that is a pretty cool word. It's only two times in the New Testament, okay? And I learned it. I learned it, and I was reading about it. It's epic, you know? It's just an amazing word. We're going to learn about it. Praise be to God. First Peter 1, 3, and 4. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. That's the word, okay? New birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. 
Titus 3, 4 to 7. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of our works, who we are, what we've done, by us in righteousness. He saved us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal. Same word right there, okay? That's the word right there. Mm. Renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, by his gift, not by our works, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Let's pray. Father, come, open our hearts and our minds. We want to be different. We want to live different. We want to believe differently about who we are so that we can act differently. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this word, regeneration. Okay, it means revive, rejuvenate. Regeneration. It means revive, rejuvenation, restoration. These are all synonyms. But it also means rebirth. And there's a Greek word here. And like I said, it's only used two times. And I don't like to drop Greek bombs, okay? But it's only used two times in the New Testament. And the name, and, and what is it? It's called palingenesia. No. Palingenesia. 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 Something like that. Palingenesia. I practiced this. I went and listened to it, how it said, and I just forgot, okay? <laughs> Palingenesia. That's how I'm going to say it. Palingenesia. And the word means ancient regeneration. Ancient regeneration. Regeneration of old into new. And in, in Titus 3.5, it says, when we're born again, we experience regeneration, which is another way of saying rebirth, which is what First Peter, what Peter's talking about. Okay, and so in this word, what he's saying is that when we are born again, when we begin to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes, and we just read this through Jesus Christ, and he fills us, and we, that, what the Spirit does is he's regenerating us, he's restoring us, he's, he's rebirthing us into something new, okay? Now, how does this happen? Is it us? No, 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 it's Jesus. That's the right answer. And we know the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly. He poured, God poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's in Titus. And then First Peter says, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Through Jesus, through his death, we are restored. We have been given new life. Through the death of Jesus, the Holy Spirit revives us, rejuvenates us, restores us as children, as heirs, and we are given the power that Jesus has in the resurrection that rose Jesus from the dead into us. Okay, now this word is only used one other time in the New Testament. Now, this is where it gets cray-cray. I'm just going to tell you, this is pretty epic, what I'm about to teach you, okay? And this is what I learned last night. I was doing backflips with a bad knee and stuff, and it was, Holy Spirit was moving. Matthew 19, 28, Jesus says, At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive 100 times as much and will inherit eternal life, okay? So Jesus is saying this. One day, I'm going to come back. This is the end of time. I'm going to come back. I'm going to sit on my throne, and everything will be put right. That first, at the renewal of all things, will be put right. The renewal of all things is going to happen, okay? God's power in the end time when Jesus comes back, 
will come down and everything that's stained will be washed clean. Everything that's broken will be healed. Every sadness will be made into joy. Everything that is wounded will be made whole. Okay? Everything that is sad will be gone. All of our tears will be wiped away. Think about that. Think about that power. Jesus comes. He's coming on the throne. He's coming down. He's coming down. He's coming down. Boom. Sits. Everything's better. That's what's going to happen. Sits. Boom. Everything's better. Imagine that power. Imagine that power. That in an instant, everything is as it should be restored. That is some serious bang right there, right? That is some serious power for that to happen. Imagine just in your own life right now. Just imagine for a second. What if Jesus came, he sat down with you, he touches you, and boom, everything in your life, everything of your heart's desire, every painful experience, everything that's happening in your life, that you wish and you've been praying for, every family member that you want to be saved, every part of your body that you've been asking to be healed, every memory of something that has either been done to you or you have done to someone else that is causing you grief and shame and guilt, gone. Just in your life, imagine the power of that. Now imagine the power of that instantly in just all of us. That's insane, right? That's crazy, crazy. Now imagine that power in the world. That is serious power, serious power. Now, guess what the word is when it says at the renewal of all things? Palingencia. That is the word. That is the word that Jesus uses. That is the word that Paul uses in Titus. That is flipping crazy because this is what Paul's saying. Paul's saying this, Antley, when you receive me into your heart, I've given you my Holy Spirit. I've been giving, I've been giving you a spirit of regeneration, of renewal, a palencia. And it is the same power that is gonna do what I did, will do at the end of time. That's the power. The power that could come and sit by you now and boom, everything's clean. That is the power that is in you. It's not like a half measure of the power that, that we get some like that we get some like off power. I don't even know what to say right there, but it's not like that. It's I mean that power. That's what qualifies you. That's what makes you whole. That's what makes you able to become who God's created you to be. That is tremendous power that is in you. That when you become born again. That's, that's, that's amazing, right? That, that you could go to somebody and you don't even know what's happening in their life that they do. You could sit down next to them. You could pray for them and boom, instantaneously, that area of their life is restored. Their broken leg is healed. Their mental illness flees, is gone. It's made new. Their heart begins to be restored. They're saved for eternity. Eternity, they're saved. You have the power to do all of those things. You have the power in you to do all of those things. Because the power of God qualifies you. Not only 
qualifies you, I wrote something funny here. What qualifies you is that Jesus put Palin power in you. Palin, that was the funny part right there. Not just joking. Half of you all lost right there. Golly. It's happening in you. It says this in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old passes away. Behold, the new has come. If anyone's in Christ, right? He could be talking about the creation at the end of the world, right? There will be a new creation. The old will pass away and the new will come. Whenever you're filled with the power of the spirit of God, that's going to rejuvenate and renew all of creation. When you're filled, the old is gone. You die. You die to yourself. You die. And in Christ, you are raised again. And the new fills you. And so you are qualified. That's what has happened in you if you follow Jesus. That is what is happening right now in you. Right now. Every second of every day, you are being restored. You are being regenerated. You are being renewed every second of every day. That's what God is doing in your life. You just don't believe it. You don't believe it. And so you don't behave like it's true, but it is. It has happened. It is happening in you. And one day Jesus will come and sit on his throne and we will be fully, fully redeemed, fully healed in every way, like the rest of creation. Okay. But you're like a seed, I love that picture of the rock, right? So you're like a seed. You're like a seed that God places in the roughest and the hardest places sometimes, right? Where only he can break out. Only he can break you out. But you're like Powerbomb USA, Powerbomb Boom, Powerbomb, you know, Florida Gators going to the NCAA. Okay, so whatever. You are serious power, serious in you, but it's just not for yourself. Because you're a part of a cosmic story, a cosmic, powerful story that God is telling. You is telling through you that we have been qualified to then go and qualify others. That's what it means to build the kingdom of God. Okay? The kingdom of God is measured in lost lives being saved. The kingdom of God is is measured in lost lives being saved. Now think when was the last time where a lost life was saved or you talked to someone about Jesus or you stepped out in that power, you brought that power to play? That's not to make anyone feel guilty or ashamed or anything like that. But we don't because we don't believe that we have this power in us. And so we don't choose. We don't make the choice. And the choice is ours because the power is in us. And so what we do is we put up with stuff in our life that we shouldn't put up with, right? We, set, we settle for things that we shouldn't settle for. I woke up, my, my jaw, jaw's all jacked up. I don't know what's going on with it. I had knee surgery, so I can't have dental work for six months, right? I've got some dragon breath going on, and, and it's killing me, right? And so I'm like, I need to take Advil, I need to do all these things, I need to do all these things. And before the service, we were praying before the service, I was like, nope, I'm just going to pray to get healed. And I lay my hands on my face, and I'm just praying. It didn't get better, and I prayed some more. It didn't get better, and I prayed some more. It didn't get better. But that is me exercising the power, believing that the power is in me. That is me exercising my faith that these things are true. Now, we cannot control what happens when we step out in faith. We cannot control how and what the Holy Spirit does. 
But the power that is within us is exercised in our faith, believing that we are who God says we are. But we settle for the lesser thing. We believe that, oh, my marriage is too far gone. Or I got this emotional wound, this thorn like pollen, it's never going to go away. There's no coworker that you know that cannot be loved. There's no boss in your life. There's no relationship that drives you the craziest that, cannot, that you cannot move towards and regenerate. Save the relationship. Reconcile with that person. There is no dream that God has given you that cannot be accomplished. There is no family member. There is no friend, no matter where they are or what they've done, that cannot be saved. And yet we settle. We pray from afar And we never step into the war. We never engage in the battle. We pray from afar, which is really important. What Bonnie did with her sisters, that's what they felt like the Lord was saying. That is really important because reconciliation, her dad needed to initiate in that situation, right? But they put it in the Lord's hands. They took it out of their own and they put it in the Lord's hands. And so what we need to do is give up on small ambitions. Begin to think big. Begin to bite off more than you can chew so that if God doesn't show up, you'll be in big trouble. You'll end up in no man's land. You'll be like, what the what? I need some power. I need some renewal power. I better believe this is true because if I don't, I'm a goner or there's no hope. We all need to get in the game. I love Ash Ansley. I love her. She's She's one of my favorites. She comes up here, and she's sitting there talking, praying, and you're like, what in the world? I am. She's amazing, right? I've always told her, you're going to either lead the church, or you're going to be a missionary, or you're going to do something incredible. But what is she saying? Everybody can get up and walk. Everyone can pray. Why? She prays for everybody. She's found me in the middle of a service. She's brought me back to that wall back there and starts weeping for people that she has prayed for that don't know Jesus. Why? Because she believes there's power in her. She believes that she can pray for someone and they can get up and walk because God is real, that that his power is real, totally real. Faith like a child is what we need. Okay. And so what Peter's doing here is he says, the knowledge of this great power that has saved them and that is alive, this is how we do it, this is how they did it, that is alive in them is lived out of faith because they have hope in Jesus, okay? With great mercy, he has given us new birth. How? Into a living hope. Into a living hope that's through Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ uh, of Jesus Christ that from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And then Titus says... Paul says, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life, the hope of what is to come. The motivation for these jokers that are moving in power, that are healing everyone in the New Testament, the motivation for Ansley is not what's happening in her life now, not what's happening in her marriage now, not by becoming comfortable now, not by becoming like making more money so I can have a big house and so I can do this. Their focus is on what is eternal Their hope is active and alive on the imperishable, the things that will never go, that the Father is protecting for us. 
Their faith is made alive, not because of what they see here, not because of their struggles here, not because of their pain here. Their faith is alive and they move in power because they see beyond this to something eternal. And that's what they're living for. Remember I said when we measure our life and, you know, when we birth and we die, if that's the measure of our life, well, of course we're going to focus on this life because that's all we got. But our measure for our existence in life is eternal past. Before the creation of the world, he knew us. To eternal forward forever. That is the context of what we do here. This is a vapor. This is a vapor. It says that we're here for a short while in, 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 the, in the picture. We're, is that it's like when we blow, it says vapor, we blow into the air on a cold day and we see it and it's gone. That's our life here. That's how long this life is compared to eternity. And so Peter, right? And so what, what happens in Peter? He's the joker. He's the guy, the disciple that, that walks on water. He, he walks on water. And so when he's writing this, he could be remembering back like, hey, how do you engage as you keep your eyes on Jesus? When the storms are happening around you and Jesus says, come, step out, believe that you have the power because I have the power. Keep your eyes focused on me. And what did Peter do? He said, all right, yeah, I believe that this is true. And he starts walking towards Jesus, walking in the storms and the waves and things are crazy, right? His eyes are focused on Jesus, not on the things happening around him. And then all of a sudden, what happens? He takes his eyes off Jesus to the storms all around him, to the things of the world, to the desires in his heart of not wanting to sink, of not wanting to be afraid or whatever, and questioning like, oh man, I can't do this. I'm a human being. There's no way I can do this. He takes his eyes off Jesus. Guess what happens? He's not swimming. He's not walking. He's swimming to Jesus at that point, right? And it says that he was drowning to Jesus at that point. And Jesus reaches in and pulls him out and rescues him. Rescues him. See, Peter knew what happens when we take our eyes off Jesus. We sink. We are not be able. We're not able to do the things that we're called to do. You know, the miracles don't happen that we want to see happen. That we long to happen in our church you know we've been we are so blessed with all the things and the healings that god has done but there was a season in our church where we heard about healing miracles all the time right and we haven't been hearing about those things this is why this is why because we're not stepping out we're not exercising the power we've allowed the enemy to take us out we've allowed fear to take us out We've taken our eyes off Jesus. We've forgotten who we are. And so when the Spirit prompts us to move, to step out, and to risk, we don't. And so people aren't healed. People aren't healed because we're choosing not to engage in the battle. It's the hope. Where does our hope come from? I spoke at FCA this week um, at someone's house. I got to talk about, I hadn't talked to a group of kids in a long time. I got to talk to them about the father's love, their identity, and the pressure that they're under. It was awesome. I was amazing. And um, I was awesome. I mean, incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Okay? And then this guy got up after me, someone whose son committed suicide two years ago. And he comes up and he says, you know, It's hope. It's all about hope. Jesus gives us hope. 
And he's like, drop the mic, walks off. Because that's what happens in our life when we're in the storms, when we're in the sea. We, Jesus is with us. Jesus says, look to me, and you will operate in the power that I've given you. You know, we love and we see athletes say, uh, Philippians 4, 12 and 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then it says just before that, here's the context, I know how to be brought low and I know how to be abound and how to abound in any every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Okay, so you can do all things that, that Christ, in Christ. You can do all things in Christ that strengthens you. That's a promise. You can do all things in Christ that strengthens you. Can you? Will you? Because we love to quote that verse. You can. But the question is, will you? Will you engage? You are qualified. Do you believe that is true? Is your hope in something eternal? Or is your hope in what is happening around you that is defining what you think, what you think can happen, not what you know can happen by the power of the renewing Christ in you? You can do it. You can absolutely do it. But you need to choose to get back in the game. Get back in the game. Make the choice to re-engage. Become the fool for Christ. Become the one who prays for the person in the line at the grocery store and the people have to go around you because it's taking you a little while. Pray for the coworker. Ask God to open doors, to create opportunities. I am weak. I'm weak, but you are strong. In my weakness, you are made perfect. I can't do this, God. I'm weak, but I want to believe. Help me believe. Just open a door. Open a door that I can walk through, that I will walk through. And then when he opens it, walk through it. Walk through it. That'll look different for all of us. We've always said at River City Church, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Do you believe that you have the power? Do you believe that you're born again? Because if you're born again, there is power. This is what the word teaches. And it is a power that is going to transform the world in an instant. It is in you right now. It is hearing this talk. The Holy Spirit is hearing this talk, and he is getting, he's getting excited. He's in there, and he's like, oh, yeah. Just give me a chance. Open the door. Just open the door, and I will bring you through it. Just follow me. That song is saying, he's gone before you. He has the work already cut out for you. Already, he knows the good works before the creation of the world. He wants you to engage, to walk through. That's what makes Christianity, being a Christian, fun. That's, that's it. That's what, makes, that's what gets us through. Our eyes on Jesus, coming to him, focusing on him, believing that he has given us that power, that he has restored us, and then acting on in faith on that truth, stepping out, believing that you can do all things in Christ who strengthens you. Let's, let's hear some testimonies in the next few weeks. And I hope that some of them are like, yeah, I want to pray for this dude and nothing happened. I was so embarrassed. I hope there's some of those. I think those take greater faith than anything. Like, you don't hear the Spirit saying or leading you or anything. It's like, I'm going anyway. Let's hear some testimonies of us stepping out. 
Let's hear some testimonies of God restoring and renewing in our church, in our body, in this body, in this family, the promises that we are a healing church. But we all have to engage. We all have to engage. A stand.